listening tonight I got a feeling that the cards just ain't right I'm so salty, must not give in to rage And I'm wondering what those rollers will say Scarves to the left of me, cheaters to the right Here I am, gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Oh yeah, that's my wife, but we uh, the Hidden Center Early Derby, and this is your Australian L5R podcast. I'm, Woo! Your crazy... <laughs> I'm your host, Simkov, and I'm here with an exciting pack of Roller Derby participants. Our blocker, uh, Tori Dori, how you going? I'm fine, man. How are you? Fantastic. Our jammer, Sir Budson. Really uncomfortable with all this enthusiasm. <laughs> and I don't know any other roles. Let's just say, like, equipment manager, Glenn. Yo, what's up? Great. That will be the last we ever talk about actual roller derbies on this podcast. Back to cards at hand. <laughs> oh, I just realized that's what you were doing. <laughs> I'm so out of the loop on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you named this podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, what an amazing week in cards. And we're drawing close to the uh, Christmas season, so we're all pretty excited to get the hell out of work and spend some time playing L5R and maybe, maybe time in the family if you really have to. Um, so, uh, highlights, man, Madrid Cote, I guess that's the biggest thing that happened in the last week, right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. There's a little bit of a, little bit of noise about it with the old second place line Hatamoto. Yeah. So there. maybe let's just get the hype, the hardcore hype about lines back out the way now because we do have a restricted <laughs> list to talk about so Brett, i know you've been <laughs> fuck you ben fuck you <laughs> been itching to talk about this man can you can you say why i know you've been a little frustrated with the clan for a while but what contributed to the amazing success like second out of like the hundreds of people that competed in the <laughs> competitive euro kote i think clearly i'm just not a very good player because I haven't been able to win one game, let alone six in a row, like Shadowblade did. That's an absolutely amazing performance to go undefeated uh, in Swiss and then to to back it up with a with a finals finish is fucking incredible. Um, before you Lion guys get all excited, I'll just say he had one attachment hate card in his deck and didn't play a single dragon or crab player. So maybe temper your expectations a little bit about the result. Well, no, he played, it was a cool he deck. He played a dragon player. Did he play a dragon? Oh, actually, no, he didn't at all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. So, I, I mean, fucking hell, man. That guy's a gun. I mean, he, he was also runner-up last year in Madrid. So, back-to-back bridesmaid finishes is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, because those Kodos are really, really big, right? They're like hundreds of people. Two-day ones. Day one A, well, day one B. Both of them, both this year's and last year's, were larger than Worlds in terms of attendance. So, very, very impressive. Yeah, I'm well, super but, jealous of that sort of population for games over there. I think that, I think overall the numbers were lower though, because I think there's only 260 for this year and last year there was over 400. Yeah, that's Shit. right. I, I would take 260, right? Ah, hundred percent. It's still a huge, it's a huge tournament, and like that's what makes that line win even, you know, more awesome to kind of fight through, uh, you know, that quality of player pool. Mate, I'd be stoked for 60. Isn't yeah. it crazy that that we're talking about, I mean, we've, we're talking about this amazing event that's just finished with all these great players. 
And all we're talking about is the second place finisher, despite the guy who won having won his fourth Kotai now. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I guess that, yeah, I mean, look, I guess you could infer from that the state of uh, Lion in the game. Uh, but yeah, sort of like it's, it's also sort of like when The Rock is in a movie every year, you kind of just expect it to go that way. You're like, ah, <laughs> oh, Jakob. Not to take away from it, but you're like, ah, oh, yeah, cool. He's got his uh, fourth medal on his chain. He'll soon be, you know, got more chains than uh, what was that guy from the A team? Mr. T. Oh, Mr. T. Mr. <laughs> T. Barakas. It's carrying that. So congrats to Jakob there. Um, but my my like from the line, the line, the line was definitely Homer Ekahara. Who you're you're not a fan of uh, the, the cut that line deck the signature card the, Ikihara you're talking about Ikihara um, yeah I find that card pretty much a total toilet uh, even when it was uh, <laughs> even when it was released I kind of um, I called it a toilet and I stand by that I think it's still a toilet and it doesn't belong in any line list ever pretty much it's it's covert cards and honor how can you go wrong mate so does that mean bert that we're hearing here on stream you think that card's a toilet so if someone wins a kote with that card in their deck you're going to drink a pint of toilet water and record it and upload it to youtube video is that what i mean doing? normally i like to come up with these outrageous things that i promise <laughs> but that is a great idea <laughs> you know what i will hear me now uh Listeners, if you win a Kotai with three copies of Ikehara in your deck, three copies, I'll right? say so you're like properly going for the Ikehara angle. It's not just yes. A, uh, I, just I will drink an, a pint, a pint of toilet water, and I'm talking imperial size pint, the big fucker. <laughs> My choice of toilet. It can't be like a public dunny in St Kilda, right? Yeah, nobody's <laughs> gonna ask you to do that. <laughs> All right, another outrageous bet. Um... There you go. Have you, have you fulfilled your other requirements so far for your lion best spurt? Uh, you know what? I haven't. And no one's really taken me to task over that, to be honest. People kind of murmur about it. They are make say, passive Are you spurt. saying that on, on, on air, you're saying that you're comfortable with being a Welcher? I'm just taking a while to fulfill my end of the bargain, right? But you, you guys got to be more careful with these contracts. This sounds like the Dur challenge, man. <laughs> One day we'll finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, definitely. That's a deep cut for our listeners out there. Um, right, so Jacob, what a legend. Uh, four Cotes, can anything bring him down? Can the restricted list, if you take away Bs, like if he's no longer the apriest that he's famous for being, can he win more Kotes? Well, I would do I, better. So I've got four a fate you can use for people. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone's fucking salty. <laughs> I um, I got a chance to play him in the Proving Grounds in round yeah. six of the Proving Grounds yeah, at Worlds, and I was like exhausted. It'd been a long week. We've been drinking booze, and I just got bust, busted out of the the main event. Same round as him, and. He was, I was like knackered, right? I was making mistakes. And he was playing as if he just had 15 coffees and just woke up after a, a hibernation, a winter hibernation. Like he was, he was a Terminator man. That guy's a fearsome opponent. So I'm sure he'll do fine, even post RL. Yeah. I don't get people who can do that. Like, honestly, I do a tournament over here and I do maybe two rounds and I start feeling it. Like I get cooked pretty quick. Yeah. Once I hit my fifth bourbon, my play style definitely goes rapidly, rapidly downhill. 
Yeah, but not everyone's a lightweight. Like, <laughs> most people can play. Touche. Touche. Ben, I've noticed lately in our game nights that Ben has a um, a bourbon to scoop ratio of like three to one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like, the, more, the more that I drink, the more the um, crazy decks start coming out. Like, you play. Scorpion, and I did just play the similar deck to his, and he's like, "Oh, you can do all these things, and I can't really interact with it. I'm just screwed now." <laughs> I think you'll find it's probably like a drinking game where if you see a one-off card, it's drink and scoop. So then you got to keep cycling, or maybe is it or is it guest of honor? We have a rule that if you flop Hidden Moon Dojo, your opponent's allowed to scoop, and it's actually encouraged. <laughs> Turn one. I think that's for the week. Wait, is it Hidden Moon Dojo? Or Hidden Moon Dojo. In fact, I'll put it out there now, in casuals, right? I find that so distasteful and so weak. If you're playing Scorpion at a social against me, a non-tournament game, I insist that you start with Hidden Moon Dojo. <laughs> Just get it out the table, right? I, I, I'm just getting excited for when the dojo keyword becomes like the focus, like Void Fist. You know, there's a card for Void Fist and Monk synergy. I just want a dojo card that, that has that power level. I guess there has to be a dojo related card coming out in Children of the Emperor. Can we talk about, let's talk about, there was a new rules reference guide. And yes, there was a restricted list that's had some sort of impact on the game. Um, mostly just sending Scorpion to the absolute toilet. But besides that, there were some minor weird updates to the rules. So first of all, uh, Hideon Moon Dojo got uh, errated, complete card rewrite. It no longer has the Dojo trait. It has the Dojo trait. <laughs> what was the point of this? I mean, honestly, what was the point of this? You know what it's for? <laughs> it's for people who are like, ooh, this card that says get plus X force for every Dojo, you know, that's a Dojo card, not a Dojo card. So like, you know. They're all about... It wasn't an umlaut. It was some weird little accent. I don't know exactly what that accent I, was called. I assumed immediately for cultural sensitivity or something. And they had to like, oh shit, better change that because of that one little crazy person. Okay. Yeah, some pri privileged white American in some basement sent an, e an angry email to Nate French. About, <laughs> That's about most of that. carried away. <laughs> I feel like Nathan at Perth, honestly, you must have a chance going still. Is that is that the case over in Perth? You've got the the bonsais and the and the bees. Yeah, no, they're staples, mate. Every time. <laughs> but um, that aside, there was a couple of other weird little rules references uh, guide updates, which I want to put out there for everyone. Uh, one really important rules update that has a massive effect on the meta as it stands is there is rules if in a duel there's more than one character participating on the same side. Yeah, they kind of count as one. It's like a beautiful union, like yeah. almost like a wedding, really. It really extends the definition of duel. I feel like one on three or one on four is no longer really are we, a duel. Are we now talking about conflicts? We're talking about are duels. We, we, no, yeah, but like it's one v three. Are we into the conflicts? Yeah. The situation. Yeah, it feels like you've you've started a duel and you're like, no, it's actually a conflict. I don't know. I'm a bit dubious but, about that. That's Which a bit reminiscent of the, the old 5R ambush card where you just go away and you have your own separate conflict, which is basically the 1v3 duel, and then oh. you resolve that and then come back to the current one. 
Dude, I loved that card. You lost a bunch of honor to do it, right? And then you just beat some guy up in an alleyway. God, that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. You just jump him. Jump you just bum rush him in an alley and smash him. But that was such the, a great the multiple card. People, multiples ganging up on one guy for a duel has to be a scorpion card. Like, no question. Has to be. It feels... The problem is, right, it feels scorpion thematically like the idea of just some dodgy shinobi just like beating the crap out of out of somebody in an alleyway and being like i don't know what you're talking about i didn't do it uh, or would... like you know unicorn have got the multi-personality thing but lion are probably the clan that need it the most i would just love if it was like a reaction to your opponent choosing targets for a duel and it's just like surprise motherfucker i got three guys here <laughs> that would be sick <laughs> I think also it'd be awesome. It, it's really unfortunate that you can't tie it in thematically with backhanded alley anymore. So you couldn't have like the guy jump out of the backhanded alley and then ambush him uh, because you can't use that card anymore in the conflict space. So hold on, back alley. Are we saying away, the card should actually be called um, "Surprise, Motherfucker" and have a picture of Samuel L. Jackson in like scorpion armor? <laughs> yes. I would play that. I'm sure he's <laughs> I'm sure he's a big anime fan. He'd fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked for Marvel, right? <laughs> when they eventually do yeah. L5R the movie, Samuel L. Jackson can play some Dakota Tatori. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> He'd be sick of these motherfucking mantis on these motherfucking boats. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get these ninos off this motherfucking boat. All right. We <laughs> totally reached the explicit label this episode i'm pretty sure the, the last episode of jade throne's gonna give us a run mate they were pretty yeah uh, slinging some some if you want, bombs around if you want a far more detailed strategic um intelligent rational discussion on the restricted list you can listen to jade throne but uh we'll give you the funnies well at least the the salties um so let's start <laughs> the salt fest i'm gonna start the salt fest and talk about scorpion um, we are at heart, you know, we've been known as the B-Clan for quite some time now, and I feel like they're really <laughs> screwing with our clan identity. We're the B-Clan, right? But now we can't play Bs, right? Like, it's 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 really hard, right? Like, no, we're not going to be Tier 1 B. for a second. And no, so, no, so really before suck. you were the B-Clan because you played Bs, now you're the B-Clan because you're no longer an A-Clan. <laughs> you <laughs> dropped the rank. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Danny. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Lo-fi podcast. Kinsley is lo-fi. A quick look behind the veil for our listeners about our technology, level of technology. <laughs> that almost felt like that conversation just went, nah, fuck it, we're wrapping this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool oh, man, been relegated to too <laughs> We are earning our fucking name. Um, before right. we before we talk about this restricted list, yeah, let's just yeah. preface this with a, a little disclaimer. Um, this list was likely, I'm hoping, designed with all the new cards in mind as well, right? Oh, yeah, so, sure. with that in mind, we're gonna do our best to tear the shreds out of it. So, with that, I'm gonna do another mind. precursor. I'm just gonna like edge the hell out about our uh, restricted list critique here. Is there are if you have a look at how many sets are coming out next year, we've got Children of the Empire, which is an uber deluxe set. We've got like five clan packs coming out. We've got an arc, which has moved back to monthly um, release cycle, which I think is amazing. Very good. So, yeah, so many cards, right? So I think, and based on the previews of scene, which we're talking about a little bit, 
I think the health of the game, I think it's just amazing and fantastic, and I'm really, really excited to be continuing. But we do have a restricted list to talk about. <laughs> All right, let's start with Lion. All right, Bert, give it to us. So big updates with Lion. Um, on the restricted list, uh, no change. So basically we're winners because uh, we didn't get fucked even further. You so guys, yeah, that's pretty good. You actually, you guys actually won a card and you can play against the waves. Yeah, you can play against the waves. Man. <laughs> Don't fucking insult me, Glenn. Glenn, you want I'm not insulting you. If 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 there is a now an additional card in the card pool, by definition, your clan has an upper hand. You can spirit call or something, and then agree. and then untap. You can ready your spirit caller after he's brought back, like Taturi. That's rigged. Oh yeah, so you you pay one fate to get so another that... one military skill. No, you yeah. can you can. Oh, no, I can see where we're going <laughs> wrong here, but because there's actually a second. You don't have to do military every conflict. There's actually an entire second half. Do political conflicts, and there's a whole um, second that's stat in the upper that's, right. That's, that's the first. That's, that's what that number is. Are you sure? I'm like ninety-eight percent likely to be error, but I'm pretty sure it's possible. I think, I think uh, Lion doesn't believe in uh, political. Oh, except for the Lion that was actually successful. So the Lion that was actually of... successful embraced politics. Mm. My line of play was going to be the um, you use a mere mystic in a conflict and then you yeah. unbow it and you use it in another conflict and then you remove the attachment. Uh, so just incrementing that value. That is a massive value play. So, you're getting... so ra rather than just playing the, the green card that costs zero from your conflict deck, you're, you're going to spend the fate, um, buy the two drop character and, and then get quote unquote value, yeah? <laughs> you can, you can we'll, bow we'll your with it when he hits the table. You can bow Tadaka, get rid of him. Yeah, Look, I, I think I think an aggressive card. Like you can bow. It's like another bow effect. Is what I was thinking of, of it. I think that there's really just no point in talking about line. It's kind of like unicorn last last year. Um, until we get are like, you, are you like that down in the dumps online? I just I just think it's not worth. Bro. I think it's not worth analysis. It's beneath analysis because. You don't remember <laughs> last year when Unicorn were that bad, and then they came second in a massive tournament. That was huge for Unicorn back then, right? Or did that not happen? Is that just mine? <laughs> okay, but last year, last year there were hardly any talented players playing Unicorn because they realized oh, that, the that is shit. just like that is shade thrown. That is shots fired. That is that yeah, is going to, straight to the, the to the zero people <laughs> to the zero people that I've insulted because it's true <laughs> that there were hardly any. Uh, I'm I apologize. In, in okay, in absolute truth and fairness, though, there is something Lion have now that they didn't have before, and now that's hope. They do. Since they haven't had a moto. <laughs> <laughs> they found hope. Look. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys want to ruin my mood and make me go into a salt rant for like 10 minutes? Because I could do it. And I'm trying to just abstain, you know? All, right. well, okay. I... all I'm saying is, hang on, hang on, is that Bert can say all he likes, but there's hard data on the other side that says Lion don't suck. It's science. <laughs> oh, fuck. But is you evil man. You just keep poking the bear, you keep poking the bear, and one day he's going to wake up and get mad. Right. Well... Produce your stats. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I well, guess there is a stay. You oh, you're right. You're right. Line of the second. Line of the second best clan. You're right. Yeah. Cool. All right. There, I mean, there would be a stat which is in the top 
say 32, how many other Lions were there? In when? Yeah. At Madrid. Pretty Zero. sure. Zero. Yeah. Only, only, <laughs> only, um, yeah. only Shadowblade. And how many Scorpions are in the top 32? I think it was uh, half. Was it, was it half more than field. one? Yeah. I think it was, think it was yeah. half the field. Yeah, yeah. So, and Crane. So, like, I get it. There was this one player that was an anomaly. But anyway, let's move on to Crab. Glenn, you Crab darling you, how did you feel they fared with the changes? So what were the changes first and, and what did you think uh, Crab fared? Um, you are, you, are, you made that about Crab? Yeah, just talk about... I guess I guess they um, rebuild got on the restricted list and Iron yeah. Man left it. I mean, in some sense, the deck didn't really change itself. Yeah, Glenn, you've metallicized. We might uh, throw... Yeah, okay, he's gone. He's just left the Discord <laughs> chat. Let's skip Crab. He's reporting yeah. from the Outback. So, Butters, who's in Western Australia, which is further away from us than the Outback. <laughs> it's actually through the Outback and emerges from the other side and becomes civilization again. <laughs> C- right. Civilization light, I think you okay. mean. So I am I am heartbroken about the fate of Scorpion, and I'm sure that there are many L5R fans out there that are shedding tears with me because, you know, what what is the game without Scorpion? It is Scorpion 5R. Um, but maybe not anymore. What are your thoughts on us losing bees and having a really hard nerf on back end, basically a soft ban on back end alleyway? I'm just saying that Scorpion, way back when, said that they would be the villain and they, they've just been shot down and they can't do what they're meant to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no bees, no rumors, no think- young people. I guess my concern with um, a fate worse than death going on the restricted list is it incentivizes more people to play Maze of Illusion. Um, <laughs> it does, yeah. It does. In uh, a way, it does. If you want the, a like-for-like effect, you kind of need yeah, to. Yeah, because I guess in testing so far, I've tried Maze of Illusion and Ambush as the two replacement cards, um, just trying to get some sort of similar control effect. That might be incorrect, and I think Nathan might be onto something where maybe you can play one more additional. I think uh, dynasty character and play a bit what more. What phase fair. is that? Sorry, um, it's the phase that matters for six out of seven clans. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not um, familiar. That's it's what political is to line is that ah, dynasty phase. Ah, right. It actually think... goes before the draw phase. Believe it or not, there's actually a whole part of the game. There. No lies. It's actually, it's actually oh, the game phase fate. That's the fate where you gain phase, right? That's the bonus fate <laughs> phase. Yeah, bonus you, fate phase. Yeah, okay. you're gonna love that's the new unicorn box, Ben, because then you can gain even more fate. Oh. Is this... Let's let's put a pin in that, but I'm very, very, very excited about playing Unicorn and having all of the fate. So Ben, I, I think you said you said something quite interesting that I t- completely agree with it in our conversations off air. That this Fate Worse than Death was basically the linchpin behind the identity and the mode that Scorpion has been yeah. playing for the last, I don't know, six months or a year. And so you guys, you Scorpion players, myself included, are gonna have to rethink how the clan operates it's going to be a total change which is pretty interesting i mean it's i think it's exciting actually i'm not that down on it but i'm not a scorpion diehard so i am a scorpion diehard and what i would say is that um even though obviously like it was quite a hit um i think in general 
is it does mean we've got lots of cards coming out with Sugar and the Emperor. Um, by me. We do have the fun opportunity of trying to solve the puzzle. I don't know if our puzzle will be as hard to solve as the unicorn puzzle of old. <laughs> I think ours does have an answer, uh, which is not printing a shitload of new cards, but I think we can do stuff with what we already have. But there's a fundamental shift in the way that we'll actually play the game. Because I guess at the end of the day, like the investment banking strategy of Scorpion, one of the crutch cards that we had to dump that fate and really, you know, just having that amount of fate meant that if you're on the other side of the table, you've got to play as if the opponent has at least one fate worse than death in their hand. And that that really puts a lot of pressure on the other opponent, whether or not you've got it in your hand or not. So you can kind of do nothing, but by doing nothing, you're actually putting a heap of pressure on the opponent, um, which is brutal. <laughs> but now we've got to figure out different ways of doing it. I've tried... I've gone down the path again like i think the rest of you of um trying to substitute cards i've tried cunning magistrate substituting fate worse than death for cunning magistrates and going back to that sort of dishonor everybody and control it up but it didn't it didn't quite feel the same right so i think that we do really need to rethink reset and take a moment to kind of think about how we how we tackle things my my gut feeling is that we're going to go to like little dudes and go super wide and just be really effective at poking and actually play the game and have lots and lots of conflicts that we lose, but we're losing to win, like Martel style and Agot. Um, that's that's my thoughts, but I'm gonna not. It's not solved yet, um, as uh, Neil said on the Jay Thrones podcast. I've tried lots of things against him, and I mean he's a better player than me, but still I haven't found an effective strategy to chip away and even approach victory yet in any comprehensive of, manner. Do you think part of the process will be that you kind of need to take a further step back and rethink the entire deck? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think also the issue with the Fate Western Death was the, that it, a lot of other clans were using it as a key element to their control deck archetype. Hmm. And so that may be where those decks sort of get hit a bit more so you can't run you know i was running phoenix dishonor with forged edicts and fate worse than death and so uh, losing that fate worse than death is actually kind of a huge impact on how that deck operates um, as think, it loses a key control element i think crane could be pretty scary when they could um you know when they were scorp splashing and they had a copy of fate worse than death with secret there that was pretty pretty terrifying too so yeah i think you're right there's in general um, I guess it's improved the lot of Crab and Dragon. I mean, Dragon were already doing all right, but Crab in general, I think, um, by the fact that Fate Worse and Death is gone, I feel like Crab have like a at least a small boost in their stakes. That combined with uh, Fight On. Yeah. With Fate Worse and Death, I mean, if Fate Worse and Death at the level of the game you're playing, where you you know you win a fair bit, you've done okay. Like, if that one card is defining the average Scorpion deck to that degree, is that not a fairly strong indicator that was probably not a great card to have unrestricted? I'm I'm not at all, like, angry that it's been put on the restricted list. I think it's a fair card. Like, it was a strong card. I mean, look, we pay four more fate for the effect than Dragon does, but that's okay because, you know, that's that's the way that Dragon is. They just have everything for free and everyone else has to pay for stuff. But, like... um, (sighs) You know, it's a strong thing. So let's have a think about Dragon, I guess. Like, how did Dragon fare out of this? If we're 
we've only done half of this restricted yeah. lift on Scorpion. So if we're talking okay. about reasons to get angry, can I just yeah. ask, let's take a little consensus from that, well, there's only two others other than me now. How many times have you played a game and the person opposite you when you're playing Scorpion has told you how broken and frustrating Young Rumormonger is to play against? I, know. I, actually, I actually think it, it can be. Like, I think it was a problematic card, um, mainly due to how costs were paid for certain cards and just the disruption you could offer for um, dishonoring and honoring effects. It was, I think yeah. that, that sounds a bit like a, yeah, it could have. No, of, I, but I think no it, one, no one complained about that card. Man, Younger Rumonga was just neat. It was fine. No one went, oh, I lost that game because of Younger Rumonga. Sure, but have you, have you like abused like maybe there's a deck out there that's abusing Game of Sadane, and then like you know you're like bully dueling and then moving three Dishonor tokens over or something through like your three room among us. I don't know. I just think like maybe there's a, a whole heap of cards that honor and honor or dishonor now that it's just he, his ability causes too much disruption to what would be considered a fair fair game. I get. I, I play. Like it's in almost every deck you play against just like you know the liar and everything else but that they, they were never like they were really an assassination target let alone anything else like they just didn't get dumped they were never considered a high threat it's always sort of after the fact you play your edict and flick it somewhere else or whatever but i don't know i feel like it's completely unnecessary i'm not a fan ever of like just bloat for rules sake um, and there's a few cards on there that were just sort of unnecessary like i don't feel like knitting master was really that big of a cry scene either um, I get I get the Nitten Master thing. I think the Nitten Master was more because especially for that was more I guess for newer players to the game, right? Like there are some games where if you've got like a decent player and an average player, if the average player flops a Nitten Master on turn one and you know, just Pathfinder's blades their way to taking two probs turn one and two probs turn two, right? Like it's sometimes you just get completely blown out. And it's just like, oh, you drew the cards. I didn't draw the cards. Guess you win the game. So I get that. It's like kind of like Guest of Honor and Tadaka. Guest of Honor and Tadaka, whilst I have always, always complained at those cards. And if you listen to a previous Hidden City Rolls, you hear me talk about my Fun 5R concept. <laughs> um, I think that neither of those cards were necessarily um, horrific. I think they were very strong and game warping. Um, but I think like as competitive players, like the fun like the as competitive players, you find a way to play around them. However, like Guest of Honor for people trying to enter the game, Tadaka for people trying to enter the game, and Knit and Master, they're those sort of cards that go it's like those gateways. It's like you'll lose new players because those cards exist. That's I my thought. I think I think it's more that they're heading towards the direction trying to add as Anil likes to reference it, like having taxes on abilities so that your opponent can still play the game but at a cost. I think that is a much more reasonable way to go about it other than a blanket um card like playing card denial effect. Um yeah. like I think Bayushi Whisperer is like a very fair way of doing card denial because it costs so much it does you think um, whisperer is if you can't play cards like tadaka and guest of honor and everything quite as easily because they're now restricted like does does that increase the the value of 
the old scorpion six coster. I mean, I'm, I'm, I put one, I put one in my deck, played it, and it was incredibly disruptive to my opponent that I triggered it twice over two turns. How much of that say. value is the hand scouting as opposed to the denial? It's well, the hand scouting lets you play per, uh, playing perfect turns in L5R is probably one of the most frustrating things for an opponent. Like if you ask me why I still think policy bait is an issue was an issue, is because they get to see your hand. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really care that they that they removed a card. That was frustrating, but like doable. It was that they could then play a perfect turn. And I just don't want to play card games where that's the case. Yeah, it's it's fun. L five R and a lot of other LCGs are fun because they're games of imperfect information. It, um, the tension, yeah. the tension in the conflict is lost because then anytime you can scout the hand, every time they they're playing a card, it's because they like. You, there's no point you playing a card in response because you know they've already mapped it out, right? But I think I totally agree. However, I think that um, like the amount of fate, like maybe that's the answer. <laughs> look, I will say that with Bougie Whisperers, that every time I look at constructing a deck, it almost never, ever, ever makes it into the deck. I look at that thing and I'm like, oh, it's so expensive. <laughs> like just so expensive, right? Um, and I've got to pay for my fate worse than deaths. You, know, you don't have to anymore. That's that's the that's the best part. <laughs> but like, I do know also, conversely, whenever I have ambushed that sucker out in KB and been able to use it twice a turn for its big stats and you know also use its ability or if or charge it out or when I've actually paid for it. So whenever I put it in deck and actually played for it, it's felt so good. But it feels so bad putting it in your deck. So it is one I, of those things that like just it feels so inefficient when you constructing the decks i think that card is is unplayable if you're paying for it just it's just not strong enough and what then if you aren't fate? paying for it what's that one fate charging it in and then using kb to unbout <clears throat> yeah i mean in that deck it's okay but in the same s sentence i'd still prefer to charge in an aramora or a shoju or yeah or just... but i guess the point was more about i think fairer ways to scout the hand or do card denial um i think that the that the whisper is a better is better better design card than Tadaka was. Or, you, um, I, were one you one. guys just talking about? Because I I disconnected. Were you guys just talking about? Talking about, about... Tadaka, yeah. I think these are uh, these cards aren't so much necessarily for balance. Yeah. The reasons that they're on there are for gameplay. They make <laughs> bad gameplay. Yeah, we were. That's what we were talking through. That, mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I t totally agree with you. Um, you know, as a as a grumpy man who, when he plays cards, wants to be able to play cards. Like I love seeing the back of Guest of Honor, or at least at the moment. Like I think most Crane will still play Guest of Honor. We just won't see policy debate anymore. Um, but obviously, in future, there's going to be some great cards that go on that restricted list, and you know, Crane players will have to make difficult choices. I think it's good. also I think also those cards going on there means that playing like if you put really expensive events or really powerful events in your deck that are to help advance your game plan i think it's only fair that you have an opportunity in the majority of your games to at least cut like play them from hand um and the only thing you really have to play around is either a cancel or, or attacks as opposed to just they flipped better than you and then lock you out of your game plan yeah yeah so uh, we haven't spoken about 
two clans. So we haven't yet spoken about um, the Phoenix. So, Bert, did you maybe want to tackle how you felt the Phoenix fared with this restricted list? Getting against yep. the waves back? I actually think that this was my favorite change of the whole restricted list. Um, adding to Darker and removing against the waves. So a couple of things this does. First of all, it doesn't change the current KI tempo deck that Phoenix players have been playing and enjoying. Um, you still get to play Tadaka and against the waves, or it actually gives those players the option to ditch Tadaka and choose charge and play charge with against the waves and charge out big Shigenja like uh, K-A-Day, which I think is cool. So there's going to be maybe a divergence in decks a little bit. So from a Phoenix side, it's cool because you still get to play what you love, um, but you also get to maybe play a different, a slightly different build. It does kind of hose the the Salamora Saito decks because the whole restricted list does really because it kills Scorpion Splash. So that's a little bit of a shame, but um, I'm happy about that. And then from the other side, it actually opens up Phoenix as a splash option. Now that Against the Waves is no longer restricted, um, it means that clans can more easily choose that clan as a, a splash clan, which is really cool. But doesn't mean now, conversely that against the waves is potentially going to see well we'll presumably see more play than it sees pre-restricted list um that it's going to be back to the point where we feel a little bit sheepish about bringing shigendra like well, investing think, too heavily into shigendra yeah i think well i think players were already that way against phoenix now you might just have to worry about that as a splash but as a splash it's a lot, lot less threatening because not six against the waves you have to worry about it's only the three yeah. or two or whatever I, I think it's I think it's pretty good because I think it just means that they you know more or less Shigenja but know that that card is something that every clan can now have access to as a Punisher um, I'm not looking forward to at all Dragon like getting that card splashed like Yakuni and their Alchemist and all that stuff is gonna so many people are gonna start playing that as a splash with these Shug heavy decks that's going to make a really big difference. Well, look, I'm, I guess that means they're not playing Reprieve, so they're nobsackable. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy if Dragon is splashing Phoenix. I know Phoenix, like, Dragon have already got the best recursion in the game, and then you give them, like, better card draw with Shrine Maidens and, you know, dude, more Dude, recur recurring Shrine Maidens with Tagashi Mitsu is the most disgusting thing in L5R. Wait. It is so oh. horrible. You can... And, um... And That's all it really nice. will take is for them to get one extra layer of protection. Because right now they need, I think they need both against the uh, Finger of Jade and Reprieve and their Investigators. They're their three layers, right? They attack the hand with the Investigator and they protect their towers. Um, if if they get one other like neutral protection card, then they, they ditch Crab Splash and go for, for Phoenix. Well, maybe they'll go for Phoenix anyway. It's It's pretty strong. It'd be more fun to see. Like, I'm happy at the, you know, maybe for the first few games to at least see a different deck. Like, if if someone's flashing Phoenix, at least it's a different sort of game than the grindy, outvalue plays. Yeah. Um. So I guess we've left the best for last. Uh, Unicorn. Um. How do we see they fared vis-a-vis -vis New RL? Um. They got nerfed pretty hard. Um, rebuild, right? re rebuild, rebuild hit the restricted list, and so I can no longer play Turbo Yurt without because oh. of charge, charge so and is... rebuild are there. So I guess you got to drop charge. So you're saying that New RL provided a hard nerf to Turbo Yurt? 
Oh, I just, it just made it that little bit harder, which is unfortunate because that uh, that deck I thought was I was really my fingers were crossed that uh, with Child of the Plains and the Clan Pack that maybe that deck had some legs. Good night, sweet prince. But yeah, so oh my God. really, like the Turbo Yurt was like the Turbo Yurt was the real casualty here. Yeah, I think otherwise, like I think Unicorn came out pretty unscathed. There was no there was no purple cards on the list as far as I was, as far as I remember. Yeah. All right. All right. It is a big deal though, but I think on a slightly actually, it's not a different topic. It's exactly the same topic. Rebuild though, I felt gave a lot of decks that maybe weren't top tier, but a lot of fun legs like you do all kinds of wacky stuff with um satoshi and rebuilds with like i was running it in phoenix to flip over libraries and and mill decks and all kinds of crazy shit um that you can't really do as well now without rebuild there i think it's one of those really interest it's a very different card like there's not a that kind of not a lot of that kind of recursion in the game from a fun perspective um and it's a shame to see it go on there like anything different like that that you can use i feel like there had to be a different option I, think, I don't know what it is. I have no solution. I think the issue was that it was just too, it was too good, um, and in crab being able to recur, the really good holdings in in the in the crab, de you know, in the crab decks like uh, King Lab and um, Iron Mines, and even getting back Imperial Palace, or a, oh gosh, I've forgotten the crab holding that. Uh, what's the one that seals attachments? Karada District? Yeah, Karada District. Sorry, I haven't played Crab in forever. <laughs> Karada. Like, being able to recur that, like, so your opponent goes, invest a bunch of cards to break it, and then you can just recur it next turn, um, was quite a strong play. I think maybe eventually it can go off again, usually because uh, they seem to be putting more and more effects that actually remove cards from the province row anyways. So trading a card for a card feels fair to me. But... I don't know what's coming up, so maybe it does have to go and stay on the restricted list. Sad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's the restricted list. I'm sure we could talk wait. about this all day. Just so, wait. Yeah. Just one more thing, though. I really think Reprieve should have gone on. I think. I think to Absolutely. actually address the Dragon deck, you could have removed Pathfinders and put on Reprieve, and then you actually create a very difficult choice for the. Um, the dragon deck yeah reprieve yeah. goes everywhere though like so many decks run reprieve like it's one of the reasons i think because it's only one influence right as well one influence it's so cheap one fate. It just does so much anyway yeah. sorry that was just my we haven't even one thought we, we haven't spoken about void fist i don't think anyone argues that that card needs to go on there Am I right? can't, it can stay on there forever as far as yeah. i'm concerned <laughs> maybe make it cost like at least two fate maybe three fate bring it back Make it well. No, I think if you even if you just made it cost a fate, that card is fine. Like, like there's all there's all these cards that they seem to print that they think the costs that they've put on it are like um, are real costs, and then they put it on the restricted list because they realize there's not really a, a real cost. And I think Void Fist is one of those that is very evident for that. Yeah, just terrible dragon players on the well, playtest. Well, the counter amazing lion players. The counter to it is that you play the new dra dragon card that makes both players draw four cards, and then you you spies that caught them over the turns and try to reduce their bids to one in lion. Like, do you know what I mean there's, there's all these jank you could do to like make them so they can't have two cards in hand to play? 
yeah. then Void Fist becomes irrelevant. So let's talk about that fantastic new card. I really, really like um, what this could do for the game. I think it was a really, really left field design and fantastic. That trading on Sand Road, I believe that's what it's called. Yep. Uh, which, uh, for those of you listening that don't necessarily know what it does, is this an interrupt to the beginning of the draw phase? Uh, instead of like people using dials and doing the usual draw phase stuff, both players draw four cards. They form a pool that's in a remove from game pool, and for the rest of the turn, either player can play cards from that pool. And then at the end of the turn, well, if the cards get played, they'll go into relevant players' discard pile. But if they don't get played, they stay removed from the game. So it kind of does a lot of stuff because it means there is no bid. So therefore, like when you're playing that bid game, everyone's bidding one because it's that low sort of dishonored thing. Um, then there's no, you don't have to worry about that. You can still draw cards even if you're on really low honor. Um, but there's a lot of side effects and like really, really deep. I think there's really a lot of deep thought to have about that. For example, this card, this yeah. card is fucking bonkers, man. <laughs> like if you play this against Dragon, right? Like standard dragon that plays heaps and heaps of attachments, and if you're the first player, right? So I think it's obviously best to play when you're first player because you'll have initiative at all times. You'll be able to like play the card first. So being able to play their like finger of jade or their reprieve onto your characters before they get a chance is like amazing. So it's an attachment control card. Is this the attachment control card that Lion needed? But is this a major buff for Lion? Holy me God, have we found the key? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think this is probably a control card. Um, I love this card's design. When I first saw this, I was having flashbacks to Jurgen's Curse because like that, it's a zero-cost card that like interacts with a phase or framework in such a powerful way. Now, Jurgen's hasn't ended up being super strong in the actual, in practice, because stuff like uh, Five Fires does its effect kind of a bit better, but this card here, skipping the draw phase is just fucking insane, first of all. And then the second part of the effect is really cool. I think the clan that can make this the most asymmetrical effect that it can possibly be the best is going to do the best with it. So if you play a, a you say you're playing Scorpion and your fate deck is super, super expensive, you play this on a turn against your crab opponent who has one fate. And they're not going to be able, be able to play any of your cards and you're going to be able to play a lot of their cheap or free stuff. Um, so that's I think that's where this card's going to fucking shine. It's, it's a really cool effect. I think we'll, a lot of clans will probably try it out. I'm excited to see where it goes because who knows, man. I'm, I'm personally super excited because it just gets us one bit closer to that, that Dishonor mill deck. You can start grinding through all the stuff. That's super exciting. Anytime you get a, a new archetype, it starts to be more more viable hey can you play two of these for the same draw phase or no because you cancel the triggering condition right with the interrupt yeah yeah the phase is gone out of curiosity but very quickly do you think it's it's a busted card because it's ridiculous and crazy or because it's overpowered i don't think I, I, it's busted i think it's, I think it's really cool. bonkers in the sense that it, it it interacts with a key framework of the game in such an obscenely different way to what a zero cost event should intuitively do I don't know if, if in practice it'll actually end up being super powerful. I love the design. I think it's awesome. And um, do, you, do you guys know? I think it's a soul card. I think it's like yeah. I, I I think you can slow the game down. Bit of incredibly hostilities. 
Yeah, so, because because you start with four, and there's eight in the pool, and then you can just soak up all the cards in the first conflict. So then it's like just this really lame sort of number, like obvious number crunch, with like only three surprises in hand or something. Um, I think this this card is, I think, very. You're gonna have to practice it a lot and build your deck very carefully to ensure that you actually get value out of playing this because you're, you're trading a card so you go down one card to play this right <clears throat> and then if you're second player they get the first opportunity to play a card well, from you those don't eight. play it i think i feel like in general you try not to play it when you're second player you want to play it when you're first player so you've got first opportunity to take one of their attachments right this is also an anti five to one. Five to one, baby. Oh, that's card, true. Because yeah, just, yeah. if you've got let it fuck off. Well, if you've got like only one card in your hand or two, and you play this at the beginning of the phase, and your opponent's got eight, what happens? You throw down what one card, they throw four, and then you you make up a lot of that space for your old low bid decks, right? Have I got that right? Yeah, I think it's a good late game card for for aggro decks that need a little oomph if you're being pressured on wise or. There'll be a deck that uses it as a centerpiece, and I'm excited to see that. And I think, I think apart from that, it's just a cool one of. I think it's. I think know. too. I think I think you actually want to see this I in think your deck if you're building my... if you've built the deck that way. I think you run it as two, and then you can run. I think like Dragon, for instance, have and Phoenix have some attachments that like require quite like isn't there like a Phoenix attachment that's like Phoenix Champion only, like. You know that yeah. sort of that sort of level of costing. <laughs> of that sort of whatever. That yeah, that's that sort of level of costing is what you want bar. because, and same with like during. You want cards that fire during conflicts as well because then they can't immediately steal the attachment. The most interesting thing you can do is you can play it, hit the, hit this scorpion's duty, and then remove it from the game because they won't play it during that um that turn. Wow, and so yeah, I guess there's. I guess there's an advantage as well. I'm just thinking about like effects that screw around with the order of cards as well. But I guess you're drawing four, so if you can put a card at the bottom of your deck, you can avoid it being removed from the game. But super, super interesting card. And I think what what I think is the best part about the design of this card is that all of us here have different ideas on how you think you can use it and why it's good and why it's bad. So um, it wasn't an obvious thing. Like, you know, when we saw Iron Mine, when we we're spoiled, everyone's like, all right, I know exactly what that does. Like, there was no, you know, it wasn't ambiguous. We knew exactly what that card does. A card like this, none of us are like, we don't know how this is actually going to affect the game. We just know that it's going to be cool. It's going to be different. <laughs> you can play, like, you can play, it's just nuts. You can play their, like, can you play, you can't play, can you play Feral Ningo? Like, if they, yeah, if they sure. have a Feral Ningo on their side, that's yeah, insane. Man. Does yeah. it shuffle into your deck or their deck? I don't know the rules well enough to know. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. You can't use the Ningo, right? Why? Because it says you may play the removed cards as if they're in your hand, and Ningos are put into play effect. Oh yeah, yeah cool. no, no. I think, I think but Ningos. When you play is that card, it has an action yeah. which says put it into play. No, no, no. no, no. You don't play that's it. Right. Yeah, you put it into play, which well, that's good. See that that helps you. That helps me think about how to deck build more correctly because well, I it's think it's not an then... action. It's an action on a card that puts the card into play. It doesn't actually play the card. To play the card, you've got to spend the fate cost. Yeah. So when you go to play a card, the first thing you do is check the cost. All right, that's really confusing. And that's really I guess, good. I guess this will be one of those like poor Jadiel, um, like <laughs> poor, <laughs> poor, oh, that guy, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> oh my god. I think there's going to be a lot of rules questions about this because I'm I get what you're saying, Bert, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced yet. I have to think about the logic of it. Can we yeah. can we can we talk about the other spoiler that actually is probably the reason why Neaton Master is on the uh, the restricted list? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you can run oh, Seal of the Unicorn. Blade. You can run Seal of the Unicorn <laughs> and then play the Curved Blade, which is a zero cost attachment, plus one military, plus zero political. It's a weapon Gaijin. Attached to unicorn character, restricted, and while the character is attacking, it gets an additional plus two military. It's pretty cool. It's a zero cost weapon. I'm so sad. I'm so fucking sad. This isn't a lion card. Like they gave us this weapon sub theme with the the storehouse and then the um did the unicorn and we just win a kotai. Did unicorn make top two kotai? Did unicorn win worlds? Out of curiosity, are how you, many Unicorn Hatabotos are there at the moment? Are you guys trying to suggest the that Unicorn season? is worse than Lion right now? No, no, no. I'm, so, I'm saying this is a good card for Unicorn. It's it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. Th- what did you say, Nathan? Oh, I was just throwing salt on Bert, that's all. Oh, just, just more Unicorn. Carry on. <laughs> carry on. He's, he's just done. He's done with the, uh, the, the Lion the lion Shade. I think Unicorn, getting these sort of cards for Unicorn is really good because it means you can spend your fate on these big powerful effects like uh uh calvary reserves um and, and effects like that um you, yeah. you, you run it alongside katanas like you don't replace it you'd run it as well yeah i think you could almost go you could almost push similar lion and just go full military focus um, triple captive audience obviously and yeah i think captive I mean, audience is what tips it over the edge so if you With, draw two when of these in your hand, you've got, in terms of free buffs, you could get six force off two of these suckers, and then you could potentially play a Bunzai. Like, the amount of... The push is, like, almost Lion level of push. It's to, it's really know. cool, too, because because unlike Lion, you don't get totally fucked by Guess and Tadaka, because it's a pretty significant stat pump on a, on a zero-cost attachment. Attachment, yeah. Which is huge. I, I Also, I just do want to comment that I think moving forward i'd love to see all the weapons have that cost of like it needs to be that clan's character so for instance i think pathfinder's blade should have been crab crab character would be a very different card like it's played exclusively well until this restricted lift it's exclusively a dragon card like it's a green card i know but like as i'm saying like it's just nice that it's like it's purple but then it also requires you to be a unicorn character i was just thinking about design right and I think that that card, when it was designed, like it wasn't, like it was designed as a dragon card, but they're like, you know, they knew that they wanted to push dragon down the crab splash, right? Like it wasn't. Maybe they're they like, were colorblind. Maybe that's no, just a I think <laughs> I think they were actually saying, look, um, what's the package that we want dragon to splash in general? Like it's top tier competitive package. And I think that's the way they designed it. Like they never ever thought when they designed Pathfinder Blade that it would be played by crab. I don't think that yeah. was. I, I don't think I that was just... the case. Man, I suspect that far less thought went into the design yeah, of that card. <laughs> I think that card that's is right. fucking retarded. I think, because, like, I think, like I said, like this, this, uh, this curve blade only has one influence, right? But the cost is so much that to then help it work as a splash card, you have to spend significant influence on the characters or the seals, for instance, right? If they made it, if they made it usable by any clan as well, unicorn is already viewed as like a splash package. Oh yeah, <laughs> because because they've got so many great like low cost, low influence attachments and stuff. 
I, I just they're not like the the cards that they get in the future conflict side are going to have to be very specific to them. Yeah, well, um, they and, same and we've seen that we've seen that through the other spoilers with that um in the political conflict boost for revealed provinces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a really interesting card. Also, that that is a different approach than court games for a political buff. That's an event. Yeah, I think it's great. Super interesting. Um, hey, did you, did you guys um have we wrapped up talking about the RL? Are we still kind you of? You can thinking? always, but always got time for you to talk about lion. <laughs> is there a late edition lion card that you want to talk about <laughs> yeah for greater glory just got errated to uh to be legal again no um uh, i wanted to touch on something that uh i heard the illustrious uh investment banker johnny shen discuss on the jade throne and he he came up with this interesting distinction between balancing for the top level of competition and balancing for population yep so i was wondering like given that this i think this restricted list is a little bit of a mixed bag um something like young rumor being on the list i think might be like a population de- decision uh, like it, you know that what? card wasn't dominating at the top end i i actually with young rumor my gut tells me that it was not put on the rl for anything to do with the current meta i think yeah that's was, what I, I think so i think so i too. think it was to do with the fact there's lots and lots of like honor related things that that will really screw with in children of empire and it's probably would be an incredible card which okay but okay let's say something like a fate worse than death now at your casuals in your weekly casual games with with your locals that card is really hated and it's really strong in that format when you're playing against players who play like once a week just to hang out and you play that card on them that is a horrible horrible card to have to deal with and to have in your mind close to but game defining but at yeah, the top yeah but at the top level i didn't think that card was unfair like when you're watching johnny shen play it on eric in the grand final at worlds i'm like yeah that's a good card but it's not unfair an unfair card I thought it was a very good card and it is a deck defining card but i didn't think that so i, th- I feel like some of these designed these restricted list decisions were based on like population like tadaka and guest incredibly strong game warping effects did they dominate at the top levels of play I don't think they did but are they horrible for the population and the flow of the game as a whole in casuals yes i i do think that i think um void fist void fist was a balance an example of balance agreed void fist super super strong in top level play and probably really strong in mid-level play as well um he he, he talked he had this interesting case of starcraft where they they balance the game around like the global community but then in in Korea, one of the races became like ascendantly good, but they kept it that way because they wanted to, you know, for North American tournaments, they wanted that race to be playable or whatever. So I found that quite interesting. And the same sort of thing happens in Dota 2 and MOBAs. And these are huge companies that have like lots of staff working on balance. And they have the advantage over card games of being able to like put out in- incremental patches and stuff, which is impossible in a card game. So, but it is interesting to look at because in Dota 2, there are some heroes that at, at a certain level of MMR of matchmaking rating are like super, super good. And they have really high win rates. Then as you get to the top, the win rate goes down significantly and vice versa. There are some heroes that are super strong in the pro level. And then in, in pub games, they're, they're weaker. And so I think it would be cool in a card game if we could make incremental changes to the cards themselves, such that, you know, you could tone down void fist for the top level play, but maybe leave it as it is for the mid level play and so forth. I just don't think that's possible, sadly. And so, no, for I me, it, I think it could be like 
I think they just don't want to go the route of increasing influence. Yeah, like, I don't. I, I don't. I hope they don't either. It's it's too inelegant. Like Errata just bogs down card games coming from other games where there's just too much. But what I do think they should be doing is actively changing the restricted list often, because then you just if something does get too good for a little while, you know it's only temporary. And so I, I would like to see more updates. Personally. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, I think that uh, you know the first year they're really finding their groove, and the card pool is obviously you know by its nature it's a new game, so it's small. But as it as or shallow, but as it gets deeper. Um, and as obviously we've got so many cards coming out next year, is I would not be shocked at all if we see a quarterly update. I wouldn't want it any more than a month. Like I think a monthly update is as fast as I want it because every time you get a new restricted list, it does define a new meta, right? And I think once a month is as that's too much. Fast. Yeah. That's that's absolutely the most. I think I love, and I think maybe this is what what uh, Mr. Shen said, but I think like quarterlies feels good. But I mean, it's it's more about like they did really good. It was interesting if you think about way FFG run this game, that during that sort of mid year period last year, where there was a lull in communication, I think, and there were periods of like lots of communication, then nothing. But I feel like what has been great over the last you know bunch of months is that we know that every Thursday or Wednesday, if you're uh, in a different part of the world, the other side of the world, um, we get some form of communication which is like hey here's a preview hey here's a restricted list here's a thing here's something but we know that there's some form of news coming once a week and and knowing that news is coming means that we're not going oh man it feels like they're no, not talking there's always about an, it. yeah there's always an anticipation building there's always something new on the horizon i think given that given that tyler and his team are going to be quite small like compared to like a valve or a blizzard these companies that are balancing these games like they don't have the resources. They have unpaid playtesters, and yeah. they have a small team. And given all of these things, I think he's doing an absolutely amazing job since taking the reins. Yeah. Like and, I'm and, super, super, super happy. And just as an and Brad as well, um, but the just as a note, like I know sometimes we give the playtesters like a little bit of stick because we say you know because we take out our frustrations on how the meta is shaped, and you know then we take it out on the playtesters saying that you know. Clan X is really, really weak. Therefore, they must have had, you know, the best playtesters and Clan Y is really, really strong. Obviously, they had the worst play. It's just like, it's just like when you're playtesting, you've got like your little play group. There's like four or five people that you're allowed to talk to these cards about, right? So you're really testing in such a microcosm. And the second these cards get in the wild, like you looked at every time a new set gets released to Jigaku, right? Within the first, you know, week, there is all these wacky decks that no matter how much playtesting you do, if you're doing it in these little group formats, you just never would see, right? Like in any anyone who thinks that they can playtest a new set for a month in a play group at like of four or five people and figure out all the kinks, you, you're just you're just wrong. I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> so I mean I, I think I, I agree. Yeah, we should be thankful to the people who actually put the time and the effort into, you know, who are on i don't know anyone on the playtest groups but like those who are on the playtest groups you know i think they do a good job in terms of like effort yeah and it, it's a, it, it's perfectly evident in in stuff like say a dota 2 patch gets released and within five hours that should be a hot fix because some unforeseen combo or some unforeseen bug has has and that's come like out of their balance a big play test team, right huge 
huge playtest team of paid playtesters. <laughs> and, you know, they do months and months and months of reiterating on this stuff, on these balance patches. So I think, yeah, given the limitations that we're all having to deal with in a card game with a small community and a small, you know, um, team of, of people working on the design of the game, they've done a great job. And I think, like, whether or not Tadaka should have been on there or Guess should have been on there for balance purposes, I'm neither here or there. I don't really care. But I'm very glad that they're both there for the experience of playing L5R because those cards are shit. And you can still play them and annoy all your friends, but you just have to pay a little cost, and that's it. So I'm I'm happy with it. I think it was a great RL. Like as a Scorpion player, I felt like I got the absolute beat stick. But you know, at some point, Scorpion need to not be like the absolute best clan for so long. Well, I mean, they're a very very competitive clan since the game began. Like you can I think argue whether they were number one, but like they've been. I think it's nobody a- can say they were weak. Yeah, once you get over the the whole the the, the loss and grief of of losing your top title stature um it's actually exciting because it's gonna create a lot of innovation and experimentation and like to be honest over the last what four or five months the scorpion decks have all been really similar like there are certain cards if you if you try and make a deck without forged edict everyone just calls you a fucking moron right and i think now it's like oh maybe you can play a deck without forged edict you play you play fate worse and death or you play charge or whatever there's 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 new decks there's new decks whether or not they become competitive is irrelevant. It's about exploring those themes. And so stuff yeah. like Restricted List is great for that. It reinvigorates me as a, when I when I see these things come out. I'm like, oh, I wonder how Crane would do without Guest and if you played X instead or whatever. I think it's really cool. So um, before we wrap up, this is an oversized episode. A um, couple of plugs is, first of all, uh, the Discord League, the global one, that is. It's been... Um, uh, we had a bit of a break. There's currently the flashback season going on. They're still in the group stage of the flashback season, which is the version of uh, L5R that you play, which is similar rules to Core. Like, it's a much contracted card set. That's still in its sort of group stage, but then in January, it'll kick into the cup. So that's something exciting to look out for. But also, is season 12, uh, sign-ups are available now, um, and that's going to be a regular... No funky, crazy variants, nothing. It's just like regular L5R. Um, and it's signups are on now. Uh, they close December 30th. So that means in January, in the new year, the new season will kick off. Um, and I've got it on good authority that as soon as uh, Children of the Empire is legit, legally implemented on um, Jigoku, it'll be legal for the league. So That's I think great that, news. Yeah. So I think that. The season 12 is going to be an extremely exciting season for the Global Discord League because we're going to see a lot of new decks, especially the season 12 cup. So we might get the group stage might have a period of old and a period of new, but the season 12 cup will for sure have Children of the Empire. Um, so we're going to get to see a brand new sort of playstyle, brand new decks, brand new archetypes coming out of the new deluxe set. So I'd highly encourage if you've, like, you know, for a few folk, and you know i was included i think i didn't play a couple of the last leagues but i'd recommend if you've been thinking about getting back into it season 12's the season to get back into it um are you guys going to sign up i'm already signed up baby what clan yeah, well you got to keep that under wraps uh so i'm a band <laughs> i'm a bandwagoner so i'm playing the clan that won worlds okay good luck anyone else I was thinking about um, 
going undefeated with Lion. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> it just follow the mold that Shadowblade has, has created. Yeah. Um, I'm, um, I think I'm going to play uh, <laughs> Dragon. Um, right. Dragon, you filth monger. <laughs> as soon no as your clan gets a ban hammer, you're like, oh, I'm just going to play the most. I'm Addy. <laughs> no you evil, evil man. You know what, though? You won't enjoy it. You'll play like two games and you're like, fuck, this is so boring. <laughs> man, I played, I played a few games on Jigaku with it, and it was. I, I did lose one game, but like the other games, I my brain was never Come. i think one of the great things about playing dragon is you don't have to tax yourself so you just kind of get through it and you've got endurance so i was thinking about like maybe bringing i mean obviously the new cards might change everything up but as it stands i think they'd be great to play them during the longer tournaments because especially in the early rounds like you're not even you're not even thinking you've just got these amazing cards and you go whoa my deck can do this this is amazing yeah I think the game plan is super static. It's not a... You don't have to be malleable to your opponent too often with Dragon, and that's what's so great about it. Oh. Um, you just put on your protection, you attack their hand, you attack their provinces, and you just get the job done. It was funny, as someone they... who, up until this point, has played very, very little Dragon, as in, like, I've not played as that clan. Um, I played it, and one of the things that I'm like, oh, wow, like, this is their defining trait, is that a bunch of players, like, were just passing conflicts against me on the first turn. I'm like, That's yeah, how weird, weird is that? It's like, weird. my provinces are so busted that they can't attack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, though, it's counterintuitive the way that when I was playing Scorpion against Dragon, my um, strategy in general was to flip as many provinces as you can as quickly as possible against Dragon because you want to you wanna get it out of the way, get the pain out of the way, then you can start playing your normal game. And Yeah, but, it's like the, yeah. the best of two horrible options that, like, you'd rather roll yeah. them over earlier when it's going to do less damage. <laughs> yeah. But I know there are some people who kind of want to play the high roll plan. Um, I roll a lot of ones when I play D&D and stuff. So I'm just like, I'm not going to try and go to Vegas. I'm just going to hit all the provs and see what happens. <laughs> and but yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, we're winding down. We're almost at the dramatic climax of the uh, World Cup. Um, have you guys been following on with the World Cup? I heard Sweden's in the finals. Is that right? That's pretty what exciting. a great effort. That, that is, is fucking amazing, man. Yeah. I tell you, um, Lego uh, <laughs> Lego Strack um, is absolutely over the moon. He's very, very excited. He's been playing out of his skin lately. So I think um, I'm on Team Swede. Uh, I'm not sure. Do we know who their opponent is yet? Uh, or is it not resolved? I'll just have a look. Um, so it'll be the winner of Switzerland and Germany. Um, wow. It's not... an all EU affair again. EU at the top. I know. It's, uh, How do those yeah. Yankees feel about this, man? Oh, I mean, I don't think they're ever... Well, well actually, they did better than us. <laughs> God, like, we can't talk. We didn't even make yeah, it to the playing round. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was playing a 45-card deck with Mantras, so I'm going to I'm gonna use that as my excuse as to why I didn't do well. I purposely played a suboptimal deck so that then I could have, like, an out <laughs> when I got smashed. <laughs> yeah, so, so Swedish... The uh, Swedish train rocks on, according to Lego. So he's very excited. So Sweden versus Greece will be... Um, or, well, I guess, so yeah. it's, Greece is still in it? And who's the other team? No, sorry? no, no. I think Sweden knocked Greece out, right? Oh, my God. That's what oh, I believe. I may be, I may be, um, they haven't quite updated the spreadsheet yet. I might be yelled at by Demagogue in a moment. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I do know that uh, the Swedish train is rolling on. 
um exciting. Yeah. so we do have yeah so so when that final comes up whatever you do just make sure you watch it um and obviously you know there'll be a, a vote of it so check that out when it comes on it's been extremely exciting set of games uh so hopefully that ends uh in some sort of dramatic fashion i think they're trying to wrap it all up by the end of the year um we do have one other huge tournament going on um the australian discord league five did you want to just quickly talk about that one bert yeah so we're in the final round there are some familiar and some unfamiliar faces in the in the cut or in the prospective cut so there'll be a cut to the top eight after this but um yeah it's uh it's going well I think people are enjoying it. I think we lost a bit of steam because there were a lot of international events and holiday season and I fucked up with, with pairings and stuff a bit. But um, I mean, our community down under is super awesome. So, and yeah, the games have been really good quality. I might just talk. And again, I know you're always whining about Lion, but again, if we look at the top of the list, there's only one <laughs> undefeated player at this point, which is the legendary Brendan Stovey, who's uh, Strange Tamer 86 on, on Discord. He's four wins, completely undefeated. Amazing. And then yeah, uh, that's a great, that's a great effort. Huge Amazing effort. effort. He's playing out of a new box, Hisumori Toride as well, Keeper Fire, because um, it is using the old uh, roles. Um, will the cut be using the old roles or the new roles? I actually haven't determined that. I think, I, I, as a preference, I te- I lean towards living in the future rather than the past. Yeah. I'm a progressive when it comes to rules changes and shit so I'd like to see everyone kind of do that but um, yeah I'll discuss it with the top 8 and we'll get a vote and maybe majority rules or yeah. whatever so I just I'm just going to quickly plug our Aussie players who are in the top 8 so uh, second place uh, basically everyone who's who's on 3 wins or more uh, we do have Merlin Foyt our own Merlin the uh, Mad Wizard he's on 3 wins with uh, and he's playing Phoenix out of uh, KI, Keeper of Water. We've got Subversive, who I think he's pretty much always topped the tables in Oz Discord League. It's pretty much... Yeah, a form, former champion. He won one of the leagues. I think it was two seasons ago. Uh, what was it? The pink... Um, what was it called? You gave him a trophy. The pink... That's right. He's the, he's the pink champ, the hot pink champion. Hot yeah. pink champion. Yeah, so City of the Open Hand, Seeker of Void. Uh, we've got David, David Leslie, who's a playing Unicorn. Um Kong George on on Discord there, uh, he's he's in fourth place. We've got Cryptic Dragon, um, who I don't think that's Cat from Adelaide. She came. Oh to wow! The yeah, She's a I met dragon. her. I played against her yeah. in the um, team the team of the teams. That's yeah. right. And yeah, I played yeah, against yeah. Amy. Yeah, we we have the privilege of having quite a few awesome um, women in in our community in Australia. Like compared to like I noticed at Worlds there are only a few girls, but we've got. We you know, a sizable force, which is great. Um, yeah, so Cat's uh, in fifth place with Dragon. Um, and then the only Dragon in... Oh, no, the two Dragons in top eight. And then rounding out the top eight is we've got uh, Daidoji Suni in uh, sixth place playing Crane. We've got uh, Monkeys and Pirates uh, seventh place with Dragon. And then the the original Salt Lord, Marwan himself. Marwan, <laughs> who is a legend in L5R here in Australia, um, playing phoenix ki and i'm fairly certain that this is the six maze of illusion deck if i'm not if i'm not mistaken he is <laughs> he is that sort of guy <laughs> I, I love Moen. i'm a big fan of that style oh, yeah it's just all about flipping coins now Moen's awesome and a great player so i think that 
if that's I mean there's obviously one more round to go so the likes of uh, Edwin and Megan and Patty could maybe with their two wins somehow parlay that into a top eight but um I think we're going to see. I'm sure we'll be fantastic. we'll be casting casting some of those cup oh, games. Absolutely, I've already cast a couple of the just the regular rounds, and that was a lot of fun to do. But I think as we get to the top eight, we'll do some serious casting. Um, very exciting. Like the tournament has taken a little bit longer than usual, but I think that um, we'll make sure with the top eight that we're uh, we'll bring those games to you regularly, and then um, it'll be some fun. Exc- I guess I guess Discord League Six will be with Children of the Empire, won't it? But potentially that'll be that will be awesome so yes. keen on that massive set yes i think that will definitely be the case and hopefully we'll get a resurgence in numbers we still got a pretty decent turnout. i think we're like 25 players but um i think at peak we got 42 in the aussie discord league which is like pretty good for our size country um but yeah i hope we get a few more once the new cards come out because i mean it's just going to shake everything up it's so exciting yeah for sure um all right well I'm just looking on our list. I don't think there was anything else in particular we wanted to discuss, and we have gone way over time. Uh, have we got any final exciting thoughts, any plugs, anything you want to... Yeah, um, i got something I want to uh, throw out into the world. I'd just like to say that the feeling is mutual, Anil. I hate when you're right as well, because it usually means that I'm wrong. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that relationship we have. <laughs> um, actually, one thing I want to shout out is... Uh, the Imperial Advisor website, if you go to their, like, imperialadvisor.com, they covered Madrid, so if you want to learn more about Madrid, go to their site, um, and yeah, and they've got some articles about what went on there, and they've got some stats, and they always do a really fantastic job, so if you want some real analysis, check out imperialadvisor.com. Man, I'm such a fan of those guys. Like, before I knew what the fuck was going on in this game, I was reading their, like, meta-analysis articles, uh, just... They're great custodians of the history of the game as well. You can yeah. go back and look at articles from all of the bit major tournaments throughout the first year of the game's life, which is really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Glenn, you got any anyone you wanted to talk about? Anything you want to promote? Glenn, Glenn is off. Glenn is not off. here. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's not here, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Cool. Any West what Australian stuff? No, nah, we've got a near christmas got a little bit of a stratagem tournament up which is i think second last of only season two we're on at the moment but it'll be good hopefully there will be another roller over here for that particular tournament oh man that'll be great i might might be putting an appearance that might be fun Um, you guys have to do a stream and i'll do the commentary yeah i'm I'm taking a tier five deck though i'll take scorpion i'll just take like dumpster tier deck (laughs) (laughs) none of these none of this lion fucking jank (laughs) i i heard that i haven't i haven't participated in the scorpion chat for a long long time but i heard it was just a bastion of salt like a a basically salt lake city (laughs) yeah we were in utah for sure (laughs) what i love about the scorp chat the scorpions are so funny like throughout the whole year while they were on top it was still a bastion of salt like and then I'm, I'm in the lion chat and we're getting pummeled all left left right and center and they're all super positive i'm like the fuck is oh, wrong look, with you guys look, do you know what our um we are we do like ourselves a little bit too much i think um we actually recently changed the name of our chat but for a long time we were toshi rambo because we dominate toshi rambo season <laughs> but you know what we're called now our, ch- our chat has just been changed post RL to the dojo. We've like got the little 
accents on top of the the dojo so we're just called <laughs> the dojo <laughs> um yeah the chat was a great fun place to be uh post rl um there was definitely a lot of lively discussion uh and we do see like a lot of different folks contribute now for a while there was probably only a few folk um yeah <laughs> but um, yeah but it's it's great um I'll, last thought i'll leave you with before you go um is if you ever want to get a bit of a giggle um, and just enjoy a bit of the game that you may have missed, and I certainly missed it until somebody pointed out last week, go to the seals, seal of the lions, seal of the scorpion, etc. right? Read all of the seals, like the actual flavor text on it, and leave the crab one to last. Just, just do that, and I think you'll have a good time. Um, cool. All right, guys. Thanks so much for your time, and until next week... Catch you around. I need like a catch you. Yeah.